Thursday, April the 15th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, American bosses rally round voting rights and banks reap bumper profits. First, the world in brief. Hundreds of corporate leaders and American companies, including Amazon, Google, and Starbucks, signed a statement against, quote, discriminatory legislation that may restrict voting rights. In March, Georgia changed its voting laws, attracting accusations its government was suppressing votes, especially of black people. President Joe Biden called the reforms, quote, Jim Crow in the 21st century. His predecessor, Donald Trump, has called for a boycott of any, quote, woke firm that spoke out against them. Prosecutors in Minneapolis said that Kim Potter, a white police officer who shot an unarmed black man after apparently mistaking her gun for her taser, would be charged with second-degree manslaughter. The shooting led to several nights of protests in the suburb where it happened. Both Ms. Potter and the town's chief of police have resigned. India's surge of COVID-19 infections kept gathering pace, notching nearly 200,000 new cases yesterday. Near the source of the Ganges, where Hindu pilgrims throng throughout April, more than 1,000 new cases were counted, despite the state government's assurance that devotees' faith would protect them. The state of Maharashtra imposed a harsh 15-day curfew, pinching even e-commerce. Britain, France and Germany told Iran that its decision to enrich uranium to 60% purity and install 1,000 new centrifuges at its Natanz nuclear facility risked undermining talks to rescue the Iran deal, which resume in Vienna today. Though short of the 90% purity needed to build weapons, Iran's ambitions far exceed the 3.67% limit set by the deal. Coinbase's share price hit $328 by the end of its first day's trading on the Nasdaq from a reference price of $250, valuing the firm at $86 billion. It is the first cryptocurrency exchange to float on an American bourse. In the past quarter, about $335 billion worth of currencies were traded on its platform, and it held $223 billion in its accounts, more than a tenth of the value of the world's cryptocurrencies. Kicking off first quarter earnings season in America, three banks announced bumper profits. J.P. Morgan Chase's earnings grew fivefold to $14.3 billion in the first three months of the year, compared with the same period in 2020. Goldman Sachs's swelled sixfold over the same period to reach a record level of $6.7 billion. Wells Fargo's increased nearly sevenfold to $4.7 billion. And Bernie Madoff, a disgraced financier, died in an American prison aged 82. Mr. Madoff had been sentenced to 150 years behind bars after admitting in 2009 to running a Ponzi scheme, in which investors were paid out of incoming funds from newer ones rather than investment returns. His scam involved tens of billions of dollars and was the largest of its kind in financial history. And now, here's today's agenda. The final withdrawal. America leaves Afghanistan. Joe Biden has officially announced that almost all of the remaining 2,500 American troops in Afghanistan will leave by September 11th, the 20th anniversary of the attacks that led to their deployment. 
Mr. Biden, no fan of what he calls America's, quote, forever wars, advocated withdrawing most of the country's forces back in 2009 while still Barack Obama's vice president. Instead, Mr. Obama sent 17,000 more in. Yet the end to America's presence does not mean an end to conflict for Afghans. Kabul and several other large cities are already under siege by militants who are unopposed in the countryside. The country risks civil war and perhaps a Taliban takeover of Kabul. That would be catastrophic. It might yet be resisted if Mr. Biden continues to fund the Afghan state and nudges its government and the Taliban towards a peace deal. But it is a miserable gamble, and even the best outcome is bleak. Jammed up the security risks of GPS The Defence Strategies Institute Conference, a gathering of defence experts from government, industry and academia, concludes today in Washington. It has been abuzz with talk of the weaknesses of global positioning systems and other satellite networks that broadcast location and precise time. Outages reported by pilots jumped from 164 incidents in 2017 to 3,564 in 2019, according to Eurocontrol, an intergovernmental agency. Sales of personal anti-tracking jammers are booming. Military equivalents are used to disrupt enemy operations, and Russia's often interfere with civilian receivers. Spoofing kit, which transmits fake signals, is getting better. Some experts believe it may have lured unwitting ships into Iranian waters. Positioning satellites are also vulnerable. Knockout enough and chaos could follow for the telecom networks, data centers and grid equipment that use timestamps they transmit. Attendees are focused on countermeasures and backups, but the clock is ticking. Lawmakers want America's armed forces to fix these problems by 2023. Brexit Troubles, Northern Ireland's Borders Britain has until today to respond to a legal complaint from the EU concerning its unilateral extension of the grace period under the so-called Northern Ireland Protocol, which postpones full customs checks on supermarket food exported from the British mainland to Northern Ireland. With Great Britain out of the EU's single market and customs union, but Northern Ireland still in both, the checks are needed. So far, the EU has been dissatisfied with Britain's reply and will continue its legal action. And the European Parliament has again deferred ratification of the Brexit Treaty. But the two sides are in talks to improve how the protocol works, which may lead to an early political meeting of negotiators. Meanwhile, Northern Ireland has been convulsed by riots, mainly among young loyalists. They are in part motivated by opposition to any border checks between the province and the mainland, which many see as a step towards eventual breakup of the United Kingdom. Cut crazy, Turkey's interest rate decision. Sahap Kavciolu, the new governor of Turkey's central bank, presides over his first monetary policy committee meeting today. Last month, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's president, replaced Naji Agbal, a technocratic bank governor committed to monetary discipline, with Mr. Kavgiolu, a relative unknown. The decision has destroyed confidence in the central bank. It does not help that Mr. Kavgiolu shares Mr. Erdogan's view that high interest rates cause inflation, or that three of the bank's presidents have been sacked in under two years. The lira has lost 11% of its dollar value since Mr. Agbal's departure. 
Higher interest rates would steady the currency, decelerate inflation, now above 16%, and offer investors some reassurance about Mr Kavjiolu. But most analysts predict that the bank will hold rates steady today and begin cutting them later this year. The lira started 2021 as one of the best performers among emerging currencies. It will probably end it as one of the worst. Rhinosense, Nepal's rhinos. At the dawn of the 20th century, there were only 200 greater one-horned rhinos in the world. Yet perhaps surprisingly, the magnificent animals, only found in Nepal and northeastern India, have since grown in number. Nepal alone boasts 752, an increase of 107 since 2015, according to the country's latest count. Hundreds of rangers riding elephants spent weeks tallying rhinos to complete the census. One was killed by a tiger. That calamity aside, the rhino's revival is testimony to Nepal's rigorous anti-poaching measures, especially at Chitwan National Park, home to more than 90% of its rhinos. Local experts believe the pandemic has also helped. The ordinarily timorous creatures now roam widely, unaccosted by tourists. They are reported to seem happier and more relaxed. Some experts are even predicting a pandemic-induced baby rhinoceros boom. If they are right, constraints on space could allow the park to donate rhinos elsewhere. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Leonardo da Vinci, who was born on this day in 1452. The greatest deception men suffer is from their own opinions. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 